on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Where does Eurotrip rank amongst the trip-themed comedies? Is there a better cameo than Matt Damon singing Scotty Doesn't Know? Has there ever been a movie with cameo appearances that far outweigh the star power of the main cast? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on guys? Welcome back to 8-Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, John A. Peck, and joining me, well, I'm trusting, he's thrusting, it's Brendan White from The Hungry Gamers. How are you? I am doing well, and this is certainly where I parked my car. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Yeah, we're talking about Eurotrip, which is a film that I don't have a ton of background with to be honest it's one of those movies that would you call it a cult classic Brendan for the 2000s yeah I think so I think it's an underrated or maybe underappreciated comedy from the 2000s like it came out Mm. amongst a sea of of various other trip oriented comedies and uh you know similar themed and similar toned comedies and I think it stands near the top of uh of this mountain I love this movie when it came out and I've got a very strong sort of uh spot in my heart that i've kept kept safe that uh euro trip occupies still to this day oh that's nice yeah i feel like this is a movie that i viewed as like the poor man's road trip whilst you're talking about the trip movies yeah like i don't know what else what other trips were there (laughs) well uh, there wasn't only one other main trip and and i know they renamed it to euro trip to be more in vogue with the other one and maybe pull through some viewers but to be honest, I might maybe enjoy Eurotrip slightly more than Road Trip. Um, I mean, I, it might be better. I just remember if, if, if this was, I just it just wasn't didn't have the same prestige to it. If that's the right word you can use about a movie like Road Trip, it certainly it certainly <laughs> is like the the poorer cousin of Road yeah. Trip, you could say. And that's no no disrespect to everyone involved because it's still a hell of a comedy. Mm. It is, but you can look at it and like there's no stars in it. Like as far as the main cast goes, there's some great cameos which we'll get to. But yeah, it's not like it had some big teen heartthrob at the middle of it, like a Sean William Scott or you know whatever it might be. Tom Green, like in in Road Trip, it's not the same like recognition with the stars in this film. Although Michelle Trachtenberg probably had her share of supporters, and I'm thinking you would have been one of them as. A Buffy kid, right? Was yeah, she Buffy? yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was. She was in Buffy, and yeah, I was. I was a big fan of Michelle Trachtenberg, but I was also a big fan of uh, Kristen Kruick. I think you pronounce her surname. Who was um, in uh, the old uh, the old Superman offshoots way back when in Smallville. So oh, was uh, she Lana? Was she Lana? Yeah. Lana? So I had a bit of a crush on her as well, but obviously they don't paint her in a very positive light. Old Fiona, mm. Fiona in this movie, that's for sure. <laughs> She doesn't get much of a go, but she's she's quite memorable in her time on screen. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah, like I said, don't have like a ton of memories actually associated with watching this, but I think I eventually probably got around to it on DVD or something like that and watched it with my friends. Do you remember going to see this in 2004? I, I do. This was the year I finished high school. So I was doing my HSC in 2004 and myself and a group of guys, this didn't show at the old uh, Savoy Twin Cinemas in Kuma back in the day. Oh. It didn't make it to the big screen, but we got it <laughs> from um, Video Easy on DVD mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. watched it uh, when it dropped. And we had a group of us go around to my house and we had a bit of a viewing party had the snacks. I do recall us uh, ordering a big absolute bucket load of KFC. So it was like KFC, chips, popcorn, the works, and uh, watching this movie and laughing our asses off and, um, you know, fantasizing about following love across the globe and, and you know, following our hearts and, and all wishing that we had uh, European pen pals, that's for sure. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a very fond, fond memory. Uh, funnily enough, this year... And at around this time, I was still sort of dating the Finnish exchange student uh, that actually say. came from Finland all the way to tiny little Kuma. And uh, so, yeah, there, there's pal. some... Now we didn't didn't know she existed <laughs> until uh, she rocked up at my, uh, at my birthday party, funnily enough. So there you go. Um, 
but yeah, there was no there was no confusion. Um, her name was Patina. There was no I didn't think her name was Peter or anything. There was no uh, male female confusions. It was just uh, lust at first sight, one might say. But uh, yeah, it's it's a great film. Good laughs and um, good memories of uh, I guess the the back end of teenage into early adulthood is what I think of when I when I watch this movie. Sure. Yeah. Go back and listen to the Anchorman podcast for the full story there <laughs> about about party. Yeah, but was, we won't. We won't. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a hell of a time. Yeah, this is by just pure coincidence the third consecutive movie we've done that was released in two thousand four after Mean Girls and, and Team America. So a good year for for film. Great year. Yeah. As I said, like we, myself and many others in in that uh, in that uh, snowy mountains, Monero High School, we we all became men that year, at least legally. Mentally, some of us still aren't there, but uh, yeah, eighteen <laughs> and uh, yeah, rewarded with plenty of fantastic comedy films. All right, so Rotten Tomatoes, what's your guess for the score? <sighs> I don't think it's going to be too high, if I'm being honest, but I'm mm-hmm. going to say it's above 50 and i'm gonna say it's 60 on the nose maybe that's two rose colored glasses because i enjoy this movie a lot but i'm gonna say 60 yeah i think i would have said around 40 if it was me (laughs) and it it got 47 percent, so better better than i thought but not quite as as much as you it did bomb i should add it was filmed for 25 million dollars and it made 20 yeah, that's not a good time. A $5 million loss by my mathematics. And I guess the critics were, were mixed, but mostly not big fans. I, I took down some notes from a positive and negative. So Salon wrote that uh, the giddy ridiculousness of Eurotrip is a pleasant surprise. The picture starts out slow and unsteady in its rhythms. But just when you begin to wonder if it's ever going to get funny or if it's going to be merely desperate, all the way through it lifts off like a wobbly helicopter and somehow it keeps flying (laughs) it's a bit of a backhanded compliment there but it is a compliment yeah there's some positive there you know shrouded in a lot of negative but uh i I didn't think i didn't think the comedy started slow i think it started pretty pretty great from a few minutes in yeah it pretty much comes right out the gates with scotty doesn't know like the and yeah. the, the scene before that too with jeffrey tambor at the graduation i thought that was pretty funny too <laughs> it's hilarious and what's his son's name like his brother's name's bert yeah and he's, he's like the little little nerdy freckly younger brother's just taking the piss out of him the whole mm. time and then the new york times wrote that almost every girl in the movie with fewer than 10 lines to speak has to take her top off that's probably true that's uh, in my notes yeah. uh, that we'll discuss later. Yeah, um, yep. <laughs> yeah not, not, not a good, not a good, but, you know, not dismissing these themes and the way that there was some sexploitation mm-hmm. from the jump, a lot of comedies from this era and of this ilk followed a very similar blueprint. Yeah, there's a, a lot of um, body parts shown in this film. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> Uh, number one song when the movie released. Any guesses? August two thousand four on the Aria charts. I I just know because we've done not only some two thousand and four movies and discussions on here, but I've done a few two thousand and four uh, games on Hungry the game Hungry show? Game yeah. Show. So I know Usher was big mm. in two thousand and four. So I'm gonna say Yeah or Burn because okay. they were these two bangers of that year, and I know that year intimately and those songs very well just from from other episodes. He had a big year, yeah, but it was Missy Higgins and Scar actually. Oh wow! Yeah. There you go. That's it. She's a treasure. I love her. What have you done for me lately? This will be very quick because the stars of this film have done practically nothing for several years. <laughs> um, Scotty, played by. Scott Meckelwitz. Yeah, it's his real name. He hasn't made anything since 2017. Jacob Pitts, who played Cooper, the weird best friend. He was in the series Sneaky Pete. Have you checked that one out on Amazon? I haven't checked out Sneaky Pete, but he was also in uh, Justified, Mm, which is what I remember. Because when I saw him pop up in the movie again, I'm like, where have I seen you from, Cooper, you little perv? 
And then I IMDB'd it, and yeah, he's in Justified, which is a fantastic modern day uh, western. He's got a bit of um, Jesse Eisenberg in his face, mm. I thought as well. Yeah, but uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, who we mentioned, probably the biggest star of the, of the the main cast, also not really doing anything since 2018 as far as acting. Maybe she's on the other side of the camera. Maybe she's, you know having a family i don't know but uh the imdb is just quite bare so gone quiet and same with travis wester who played the the twin brother jamie uh nothing since 2017 yeah and jessica bowes who plays mika is apparently a bit of a german celebrity though i found out in in my research she's released a lot of pop songs she's done a lot of television she's a bit of a bit of a starlet yeah this was her first film but Mm. she's yeah because being German, I guess. She's done mostly European stuff and uh, nothing since 2019, but we won't hold that against her. 2020 was a bit of a wild year. We can write that one off. Mm-hmm. All right, into the categories. Uh, what's the most 2000s moment of Eurotrip? Um, I've, I've got a couple of bits and pieces, so just a couple of little quick hitters. The, uh, the CRT televisions that are getting utilized in there, the big old chunky laptops that are... Uh, they're doing the email correspondence via a lot. Was it a laptop or a, a desktop? Well, he, he had a desktop to start with, and then later, when when they they flash forward to college, right. and he's doing the email, he's on a chunky old laptop there, and they shush it away because they make a love again. <laughs> but um, obviously, the use of landline phones as well. So the old uh, the old analog phones, not not a whole lot of mobile phone usage. We see it sparingly. And it, it's very uh, but yeah, prim- the, the 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 mobile phones you see are very like what's that thing? Oh, this yeah, very dated. He's like, this is my phone that my law office gave me. Yeah. I can take it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's just got some global roaming set up on it, yeah. which is you know surprising. But anyway, minor plot hole there. But yeah, the technology is the most two thousands moment, yeah. and the fact that uh, you know um, Scotty and uh, Mike slash Mika doing their correspondence via email. And then the other one I wanted to nod because myself and a lot of people I knew at the time in the 2000s, uh, Jenny is rocking the, the Nike Cortez. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's, a very, that's a very 2000s moment for me too because they were like one of the, the primary kicks that, that people were wearing in their teens and early adulthoods in the 2000s, the old Nike Cortez. Ooh, that's a good pull, yeah. I had the camcorder from that opening scene or just... The brothers got the camcorder quite a mm-hmm. lot, and he's like talking about taping the TV. Sh- like when he's when the Pope scene is happening, he's like, "I'm going to start recording this." That was uh, something we wouldn't have done for a while. The whole concept of the pen pal email buddy being like some kind of predator, like sexual predator. That kind of like don't trust the internet mindset was very two mm-hmm. thousands because. I guess people still get catfished and stuff now. It's a lot harder with uh, social media and video conferencing and all this kind of stuff. So that were the main things for me. The technology was, you know, being a, a teen movie, it's very state-of-the-art for the time, <laughs> which means that it dates super well to that particular year of 2004. Definitely recognize mm-hmm. the phones and the desktop although i did have a chuckle at the interface of the emails when he gets blocked and it pops up with the big like you've been blocked like yeah <laughs> and i love i love that his email account is like um scotty.thomas at scottymail.com yeah. <laughs> like, do you think that's a hot mail reference I, I think it might. I think it might be. And like, I've got some minor gripes on on this email situation that we can talk about later. But mm. uh, yeah, the, the technology I think was the big, the, certainly the biggest two uh, thousands moment for for maybe both of us. By the sounds yeah, of it, for sure, for sure. There was something else that I didn't know whether to put it in this category or what holds up the worst. But I may as well mention it here. They get a flight from America to England for $118. Yeah. Like I <laughs> I was very intrigued by this and I actually looked into this for probably an hour or two when I you know got the travel bug where you can be quote unquote couriers and do point to point packages just to ensure it's a safe delivery. And it's apparently a thing. Right. It's apparently a thing. And those those numbers, 
you can get flights that are dirt cheap because you're just there to ensure that package XY makes it to Mary Sue at the other end without any issues. Uh, yeah, see, I didn't realize that was yeah. even a thing. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. you could do that. That's that's wild. <laughs> I'd, I'd do that. I would too. Like, I'd, I'd go on a family holiday as a courier. Yeah, just drop that package off and then spend the rest of the, the time in Paris running around or wherever you end up, you know? Yeah, it sounds like a pretty sweet gig. But this brings us to our next question. What is the most iconic scene? Brendan, what'd you have? I had a hard time with this as far as pinpointing one because I don't think there's one giant like fireworks moment. I think there's just mm. a series of good, funny situations and good, memorable moments. So I've sort of shortlisted a couple of them, like the Manchester United bar scene at the Feisty Goat with Vinnie Jones and his crew. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. And just Vinnie Jones, anytime he's on the screen in this movie, just cracks me up. Um, the robot fight scene outside of the Louvre is another one that gets me. And, and for some reason, then old Cooper has has a weird phobia with robots at the end and he's got to bash up that other dude at the university for some reason. Like, And it's happened a few times because Jenny's like, oh no, Cooper, not again. I'm like, why is this a thing? Why have they made it ingrained in Cooper that he's got to beat up people acting as robots now? But anyway, um, the the club Vondersex probably is is maybe the one A as far as the most iconic scene for me. But uh, like the anointing of the new pope was funny. Uh, that like just little things that cracked me up, like the uh, the, the drugged up, boozed up trucky when they're doing the the German to american translation and he's like you know i stabbed a girl in berlin and he's doing the animated actions and he's smiling and happy like <laughs> that whole situation just cracked me up but there's, there's many many good little little bangers and little moments in this movie but i don't think there's one that stands above the rest yeah so for me it, it was a matter of because i hadn't seen the movie for so long i went into it thinking like what do i remember and therefore what is the most iconic sequence and uh, as as you know, I'm a sucker for musical moments. I think mm-hmm. I think Scotty doesn't know is the most iconic scene, and it's definitely the one that people mention in relation to this movie the most. That's very true. And That's e- very even true. just like tweeting out from Eight Bit Account like that we we're going to talk about this. All the responses were basically like Scotty doesn't know quotes or or gifs or whatever it might be. So I feel like that song that sequence that whole thing is probably what's lived on the most on top of that miscuzi with uh, fred armison and <laughs> the brother and sister like kissing at, at the out. club like they're the three things that i remembered from the movie and they're possibly the three things that i enjoyed <laughs> the most on the rewatch too so that, that they're my votes scotty doesn't know especially like it's playing through the whole movie in different ways. Yeah, when they're in the club in Bratislava and it's got a remix already. Yeah, and even <laughs> playing in the club. I, I felt like before that, there was a scene where it was just like this, the score of the movie, but they'd done it like to the tune of Scotty Doesn't Know when they're in like Eastern Europe or something. And then the, the credits for the movie is the song comes back and it's the cast yeah. are all singing it and having fun with it. So... Yeah, the the fact that they got Matt Damon into this movie is just amazing. I did not know he was in this movie. I have to say, like, I didn't. Rem- I you didn't, didn't. You didn't pick it up on your first watches. You only got it no, now. I didn't remember he was in it. I just remembered like this bald punk rock guy, and for whatever reason, at you know, two thousand four or two thousand five, didn't connect the dots that it was Matt Damon. Yeah, I I did the old. Uh... <laughs> the the leo dicaprio on the couch doing the point thing yeah. when i first saw it in 2004 i'm like what the hell's matt damon doing that in was, this and- that was me like yesterday i was like are you kidding me because especially like i had this picture in my head and maybe the first time i watched it it was on like a small tv or something uh but i was like he, he really nails it like we we both listen to oh, that yeah. kind of music and his facial expressions and and like the way that he jumps around the stage, like he did his research and they really nailed it with the neck tat and the, the piercings and everything. Yeah, he was he was the uh, the epitome of the punk rock front man, that's for sure. And and yeah, thinking thinking out loud, I don't even know how I didn't put that in my iconic scenes because that's probably the most iconic thing about the whole movie. Yeah. Like that is very true that that's what everyone 
remembers above and beyond this film is 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 that song and that band Lustra, Lustra, I think they're pronounced, is the guys that actually wrote that song. Right. They're, they're probably still living off this song alone. <laughs> like they're still getting their royalty checks from Eurotrip just off that one couple of minute interaction. And I love that they go full circle and yeah, in the end credits, they give it a give it a lot of love and, and cut cut some into some other different scenes mm. as well. So uh yeah, I'll uh, I'll shift and say yeah, Scotty, <laughs> most iconic thing in this whole movie, I'd say. And if you knew anyone called Scott. Like they were getting that sung at them for the next few years, pretty much. Yeah, Scott Scott Pendergast and Scott Lloyd at my school, they copped it for, <laughs> for a few years after that. That's for sure. And I, I also, like I had to look up, like how did Matt Damon get roped into this movie? And it turns out the three guys that wrote the film and directed it were his college friends. They also happened to be shooting this almost entire movie in Prague even like the American scenes and the London and the Vatican scenes. Okay. And cause he was there for one of the Bourne movies. Yeah. So it makes sense. He okay. was there yeah. filming something else. No, well, I don't know if it was a Bourne movie cause he said it was a movie where he had to wear a wig and because he had to wear a wig, he was like, just shave off my head because it doesn't matter for my other movie. And they, so they did mm. that and gave him the neck tats and everything. So yeah, I don't know if if he wore a wig in in, in the Bond well, movies. Well, like that... he had a very short, distinctive hairstyle in that, but I guess it makes sense if that was a hairpiece and he had the head shave for. Uh, <laughs> for, for I wonder how much they paid him to do this. <laughs> Probably not enough. I don't know. <laughs> so great. I, I found out too, unrelated but related. Um, Schaefer, who obviously is the the man that directed this he actually came up with the concept of the festivus poll for seinfeld because he was a writer on seinfeld and he actually came up with a lot of the festivus concepts go. so i thought that was kind of cool berg i know is definitely an ex-seinfeld writer yeah him and jeff schaefer i think yeah. worked there together because uh it's alec burke was a character on the show alec burke. <laughs> and he apparently uh has worked on like curb your enthusiasm and like a bunch of um, like Silicon Valley, I think. So he's still very much a big name in uh, in Hollywood. So we'll, we'll move on to what holds up the best. I just had Matt Damon. I think having him in this movie is like, he was obviously a big name in 2004, but he's probably one of the bigger movie stars of the, and most bankable movie stars of the last 20 years by this point. Mm. Yeah, I had uh, I had Lucy Lawless because she is still a goddess. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, nearly twenty years on from this movie, and and another probably ten years past that movie from when she was doing Xena. So uh, I'm I'm giving some love to our uh, our New Zealand uh, actress mm. goddess Lucy Lawless, and then the soundtrack too. There, like outside of Scotty doesn't know, there's a couple of bangers. Like we got 99 Red Balloons, the the Goldfinger variant of that we got um you know are you going to be my girl by jet and a couple of other bangers on there so there's a few toe tappers oh, on the, the bloodhound gang yeah the bloodhound gang and then we got the david hasselhoff the do <laughs> like that whole scene like there was a couple of absolute crackers on the soundtrack anything else for you uh not really like there was some very funny moments though like ones i mentioned yeah. as far as iconic scenes they still managed to crack me up and, and make me giggle like a little schoolboy. yeah i think the the idea of like we're going to Europe or something. I'm trying to think if this was one of the first ones to do it, or if because there's been obviously a million, you know, in betweeners and they've done it, and you know, all kinds of teen movies have attempted to to shift to to another location to mix things up. But yeah, I, I guess it was you had like Christmas vacation with Chevy Chase and then they did like a European vacation. So I yeah. guess they didn't probably start that trend, but, but I can't think, it, it, can't think of anything from the nineties or like past Lampoon mm. that sort of did similar. There's probably a few out there that we're completely forgetting, but yeah, I think what holds up. Back. Yeah. I think what holds up well in that regard is the concept of someone that young being able to afford going to Europe because prior to certainly prior to like our, generation it wasn't something you just did it was like a big thing and i mean it's still a pretty big thing from australia to fly over to europe but i feel like it became a very like big thing amongst our generation to, to like finish school or finish uni take a year off 
or six months or a few months and head over to Europe. Uh, so they might have been a bit ahead of the curve with that, with their $118 flights. Yeah, and I like it's a, it's a contrast that like Jenny and Jamie planned this trip and saved for years and then yeah. uh, <laughs> Scotty and, and Cooper were just like, let's let's go, we're going to Europe tomorrow, let's do it. Like it's, it's a nice yeah. uh, juxtaposition between the two. Definitely. All right. What holds up the worst? <laughs> Ooh, um, I guess if we're looking at it from like a serious perspective, uh, there's there's a there's a lot of homophobia in there as far as like film and TV of this era. You know, just throwing gay around as a slur and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That gets tossed around a couple of times. Uh, the you know the also the sort of defamatory comments using you know um, you know special needs terms. Uh, yes. You know, that, that gets utilized a little bit. But I think what stands out above those two, which is still pretty big, pretty big topics and, and points of concern is is like what you mentioned in one of those reviews at the start is the treatment of women. Like, uh, you know, they're nothing more than, than, than sex objects and plot devices. And most of them are, are perceived and shown as pretty yeah. dumb pretty silly you know just just ditzy girls that are there to be sex objects and that's it like so yeah i think i think the treatment of not only women but special needs and then the yeah those homophobic slurs in there they're they're the main ones from a more serious tonal perspective i got some more lighthearted ones but i'll toss it over to you first and um yeah see what you think yeah i'm with you there it's um it's one of those things that really right from the, the front of the movie, it, it's there. You've got Fiona, the girlfriend who's a bit ditzy and unfaithful and, and just not a good person to kick things off. And then it moves straight into the party scene with the hot tub. Yeah, with candy. Yep, yeah. And she is like the dumbest person in the world, just being objectified by Cooper. He's just being like the biggest creep ever. You know, maybe you should take off your top. Um, that'll that'll do it and then she has to have someone else come along to basically warn her that she's about to do something stupid yeah it doesn't really paint that doesn't really set the movie off on a good path of the way that they perceive women yeah yeah and they're all shown in in lesser lights to to the guys even though pretty much the majority of the guys in the movie are anyway so it continues like you know pretty much every woman in the movie takes the top off at some point yeah well outside of scotty's mum but she's just sort of perceived as a bit clueless you know they're you know she's like where's scotty oh they're camping where's where's bert and she's like i don't know you know like i don't know where my kid is they're the things that stand out the most i think you can be a bit cleverer with it these days and i think people have learned that and it's often the case that the women are the smart ones and the guys are the sex crazed idiots who, uh, you know, are shown that even though they might have a, a certain perspective of women, they, they learn by the end of the movie that uh, they need to be more respectful or whatever it might be. And I think that it just really reeks of like, hey, let's get as many boobs in this movie as possible. And then all the teenage kids will go to school and tell their friends to watch it and then maybe they'll take along their girlfriends or their other friends i i, I guess i do like that they offset all those <laughs> yes, boobs they, with uh, about a hundred penises equal opportunity I, I like that they they brought something out for everybody so uh you know power to the writers in that regard uh, apparently yeah they, they weren't going to do the show the penises to begin with they were going to go with like some subtleties and hide Hide mm-hmm. I- like items like they've done with like Austin Powers and stuff. And they went, nah, let's just lean into this. And uh, all the penises. And they were on display from every walk of life. And it was uh, it, was. it was pretty funny. It was there. Um, yeah. But something else that holds up the worst, at least this was something that I just really got aggravated for. Like, yeah, Scott, he's blocked his email. You know, you are blocked by, you know, Mika and whatever. Why didn't he take 60 seconds to create a new email account and just email her off the new account and just say, well, I'm sorry, I've just realized, blame my my bad mm-hmm. English to, to German translation. Let's let's keep talking. But instead, like, no, my email account, I've only got one forever. Yeah, that was, uh, I guess that was an era where maybe you could get away with that. People weren't quite as savvy. But I think even at the time, like, I think by the time 2004 came around, I'd probably had three or four different email addresses already. 
Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and, and I guess obviously they didn't want to go anything above, like anything below surface level. This this is just the the plot device that's moving this thing forward. Email situation. Got to go to Europe because I can't reach out to to Mika and uh, hijinks ensue. What did you think of the anal probe uh, scene? <laughs> With the big quad dildo gun. Yeah. Um, it cracked me up, like, just because Lucy Lawless, she's just so deadpan. And, you know, she's there with the little toy clapping monkey. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's got uh, Hans Gluber, which is the the name of the, the villain from Die Hard. It's Hans and Gluber. And she brought them together as the two big giant, uh, big giant sex workers. Uh, but, yeah, the quad gild- dildo gun was, was very intimidating. But... Yeah. Um, it cracked me up when he's, you know, he's trying to read this, uh, this thing. It's like, Kafferflugendagen. She's like, did you say that? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like this thing, it's a safe word. And then pulls out that big beast. Like, uh, I, I was cracking up because uh, old mate that plays Cooper, that, uh, yeah, Jacob Pitts, he fully lent into that scene and uh, gave it his all. Mm. Yeah. What about was, you? What do you think? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say it was a bit of a violation, uh, but because that character is so kind of creepy and uh, kind of a bit of a predator <laughs> to start the movie. You don't feel too bad for him. Yeah, it made me think... Like did, he gets what he deserved. Have you watched the movie Tomcats? Do you uh, remember Tomcats? Yeah, with, Jerry, um, Jerry I don't yeah. know if I, I don't know if I ever watched it, though. I remember the poster. Because there's a scenario that plays out with him that has similar, where he gets like this big scarlet letter paddle across his backside and it like brands him. Mm-hmm. And it re- similar beats to that where it's yeah the, the the two overconfident hypersexual dudes thinking they're gonna have all their dreams come true with this this woman in this room and then obviously it goes south and cracks me up. The two thousands, hey, good times. Two thousands. Okay, who would be the most offended by this now? I had uh, I had three specific groups to start with: Eastern Europeans. <laughs> So they, they hop on the bus thinking that they're going to Berlin with this, you know, truck driver that you mentioned. And uh, they end up in Eastern Europe. I guess they were wise enough not to name a country. <laughs> it's just like generic, like the kind of stuff you see in Borat talking about Kazakhstan mm-hmm. and stuff. And like they have the the $1.80 that buys them. A oh, no, that's, that's and... Bratislava. Oh, that's they did name they the country. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Bratislava. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So they went there. I guess that country might be offended by the idea that you can, you know, retire on 25 cents or start your own restaurant on a nickel, <laughs> 10 cents. Uh, is it, how much is, is a nickel? Is it five cents? A nickel. It's, it's a nickel, a dime. Yeah, yeah, so it's five cents and then a quarter. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. I, I, it's funny, so it works, but uh, I can see them maybe not being too chuffed with, with the, uh, you know, characterization <laughs> yeah like it cracked me up and having um that rade rade sabegia i think you pronounce his name as the guy and he's like miami vice new number one show and all that yeah. like living his best <laughs> bratislavian american love affair like he's a great actor and and he, he yeah he committed to that little cameo he got but he just cracked me up with just his little zingers and then he's rocking up in his general lee van and he's like yeah i'm you know, take taking it to Rome or wherever they where he taking them next. Like it cracked me up. Hammer time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and then so uh, on top of that, it was probably like the Germans with the Hitler. Oh, scene, with the little boy, with the little kid. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> I did laugh, but uh, I don't think that's looked upon too too fondly in Germany. Any anything that reminds people of that. Yeah, that was that was intense, and then it. It cracks you up again in the credits where the one of the producers or the directors like giving the kid guidance on how to yeah. do the the Hitler march. Like it's like oh boy, yeah. oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the third one was the Catholics. You know, um, <laughs> the burning the Pope's hat and you know showing the Pope. I think the Pope says what the yeah, hell or he's something. Just at chilling, one point. Wa- chilling, watching the telly. <laughs> yeah, and. The, the grieving, like kind of, I guess, making light of the grieving that takes place when these popes pass away. It's, uh, you know, it's good material for, for the movie, but I could see them the Vat- in the Vatican. I wonder if the Pope uh, disowned this movie or anything like that. Who knows? Who knows? It, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, they're, they're, they're good. 
good groups or good references as far as who'd be most offended. And then, and then on top of that, like one of the the other groups or, or you know, situations that I think that um that brings a lot of offense from it is just that going back to that sort of treatment of women. Uh, yeah, the, you know, like like the, women yeah. aren't really showcased in in a positive. Oh, I guess that like a positive light, yeah, but they're just objectified. You know, they're just. They're just sexy objects getting from scene to scene and getting naked and and showing no variety of intelligence, even though we know they have that. It was just, yeah, they're they're either getting their clothes off, they're cheating, they're clueless about where their kids are, so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd chuck uh, chuck woman in there as far as people that could get offended in twenty twenty one watching this movie because they're not not portrayed in a realistic light. Yeah, and on top of that, you've mentioned it again. Like, there's a lot of retardeds getting mm-hmm. dropped in this movie which probably hasn't happened for you know the past five or six years at least i think we probably stamped that out fairly mm. well uh but they just tossing it around uh quite liberally to describe uh, people with the, you know mental disability and that yeah it's just not I, i'm so glad we got to the point where we people realized it's not cool. Yeah, yeah. You, using terms like yeah, retarded and gay and stuff, using them as a slur and, and a negative connotation, like that kind of stuff, ain't cool. And it's nice that, yeah, I guess I guess larger media has taken taken an understanding of that and realised that yeah, words like that shouldn't be used in that type of way to get a cheap joke or a cheap reaction. Like, yeah. be better. And- and the and the retarded wasn't even just used as a slur; like it was used to literally describe someone. Yeah, with, Cooper when he's having his ice cream. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, he's like handicapped or whatever," but they're like, "Oh, he's a, he's retarded." Oh, I can tell he's retarded, and like, like they're just talking about it as if that's the correct way to refer to people yeah. with these difficulties. Which, when it's also used as a slur, and then it's used to actually describe the person, it doubles up as this thing. Of, of of being extra offensive, I think. And and then even the, the Swiss guard, like then I guess running Cooper down further when he's like little man, you know, like belittling him even yeah. more, <laughs> thinking that he's that he's like he's of special needs. Like it's yeah, it's it's just whack, 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 real rapid fire negative back to back to back in that scene. Sure. Does Eurotrip pass the internet relevancy test? I said a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I said a little bit. Um this this was a tough one. I said a little bit and also in a different way. So mm. I, I had a chuckle because the the scene on the nude beach, I think it perfectly embodies how a lot of the internet is today towards women where it's like all these dudes are just there circle jerking around and then one one woman comes into the scene and it's you know that becomes this zombie shuffle where they're like oh girl girl like just chasing her and, and making her fearful for her life so i had uh-huh. a giggle there because I, I guess i went a few different layers deep on that and then just the like outside of that the miss Goosey, I, i've heard mm-hmm. that getting used still to this day by by friends and in conversation here and there yeah, I think I drop a Muscuzi occasionally. Yeah, so the Muscuzi, and then the um, and even Scotty doesn't know. I've I've heard that pop up here and there and and whatnot. But outside of that, it's tough. There isn't any other sort of meme or gif worthy moments, or at least gifs that mm-hmm. I've seen in circulation in uh in internet discussions. What about you, JP? Yeah, just those ones. There's nothing that's like iconic in that sense, like visually. So I'm surprised Vinnie Jones hasn't become more like jiffable for that ranting, like when he's just leaning out the truck, like the bus and just like yelling and pointing at everyone that goes past. And especially in the credits when he just runs himself. It's only like one breath. He's just belting it out. And I was just cracking up living for every, every abusive comment he was throwing at anyone that they drove past. It's very funny. But yeah, so hence a little bit for this question but uh not not remarkably so i guess it get maybe we give this like a d plus as far as passing that test the next question i think there's quite a lot to talk about how would modern smartphones and social media change this movie so 2004 it's the very cusp of mobile phones becoming more well i guess we most of us probably had mobile phones by 2004 but we were using them quite differently 
And then social media was, I think, the very early days of MySpace. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the entire plot would be just blown up because Mika slash Mike and Scott, they wouldn't be exchanging email. They'd be video chatting on Zoom. They'd be friends on Facebook. They'd be following each other on Instagram, all that stuff. So that he'd, he'd mm-hmm. know straight away that that's not yarn that he's talking yeah. to that's that's Mika straight away so he he wouldn't have got himself into this situation in the first place and she would have just came over here and studied normally without these hijinks to get there that's right and if you know there was some kind of misunderstanding very easy to track them down that's true <laughs> uh and wouldn't have to go to her dad's house and ask him where she is like he could have just messaged her and said like we're meeting up i'm in i'm in germany where are you let's let's catch up or whatever it is probably wouldn't went to bratislava they would just went google translate need to get to berlin Mm -hmm. and play it back to coked up druggy truck driver and he went (laughs) no i'm going to bratislava sorry and they would have grabbed the next truck so yeah and if they did get on the wrong truck they could have pulled out google maps and just seen we're heading in the wrong direction Mm. so you know there's many things. There's many things. And that's, you know, it's the type of movie it is where there's just one uh, mishap after another, one misunderstanding after another misunderstanding. And that's where, you know, yeah, phones and social media can really mess with a plot. So having said that, how could you make this movie today in 2021? What would that version look like? I think you could, but there'd have to be some way of having this this hopeless romantic character lose their phone or something or you know be not been able to directly contact their love interest or or what they're doing this trip for because if they did it wouldn't be anywhere near as chaotic or maybe maybe they just do and he just keeps having stumbling blocks the entire way that the plane gets cancelled or he gets kicked off the flight and then he's got to drive to here and then that and this and other Mm -hmm. can happen so they could still sort of steamroll all these kinds of shenanigans, but they just have to have some different hurdles in in place instead of just not knowing, I guess, not knowing the native dialect or not having money. Like, how does it get to that point? Yeah. I think you could write something clever in there, like he's trying to surprise her so he doesn't want to, like, message her and contact her. He wants to kind of get there without her knowing about it. So I think that could be a way around that. But as far as like the way that the movie's made, yeah, I think that, as we said, it's become a bit of a, a genre. Like there's the Inbetweeners movie where they go to Europe and then they go to Australia, and it's it's always it's always funny making fun of a, a I guess a country that you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, like you know the Hangover where they end up in Bangkok and stuff yeah. like that. Like, yeah. it, it's it's a tried and tested formula these days. So it it certainly. It'd certainly work and they could mm. use a lot of these similar tropes and, and situations and just put that 2021 flavor on it. Should they make it again? I don't know. I guess it's... <laughs> yeah. It's... A, <laughs> it's uh, I guess it's, there's nothing about it that really makes it special. It's just good jokes. Yeah. Like the Scott, the Scotty doesn't know is the, the thing to me that makes it like stand out from other movies and then it's just like as you said nothing really that's like the scene that you would go home and like tell people about like we would have in some other movies it's just fairly consistent throughout like there's a good gag after another good gag and you know you got the robot and you got fred armison muscuzzi like it's just just a good little movie i think yeah and and like it just goes at a really good pace like i think it's sub 90 minutes overall and it just Mm. just powers right from the the jump where yeah you find out that fiona's cheating on him and there's that funny moment where his son like his brother's filming the thing and fiona you know the broken heart scream out and it just from there it sets the tone and um yeah I, i think it's great i think it's i think it's a fun fun movie that doesn't overstay its welcome i think it knows it's like okay we've got to a resolution here or the resolution's coming up how do we wrap this up in a good way and make it fun and you know have a couple more gags thrown in and let everyone leave the cinema happy mm, i think they did yeah. that yeah speaking of gags before we wrap up we're gonna do the steve buscemi spark plug award steve buscemi a real spark plug i've got um I've got a couple of people I wanted to nominate, but um, 
You go first this time. So um, Lucy Lawless as, as Madame Vandersex, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor as the dad. Uh, yep. Dietrich Bader from uh, the Drew Carey show as the mugger when yep. um, when the brother is getting fellatio by the uh, <laughs> by the the camera checkout girl, which took yep. absolutely no time to to. She just fell in love and in lust with this guy straight away because he had a Leica M7. <laughs> uh, Vinnie Jones, obviously, but I think I got to put my hat on Matt Damon on this one. But like, there is some banger cameos in this. Yeah. There is a lot of stars, even there in like blink and you miss it moments, but it was phenomenal. Yeah, I, I messaged you in our chat before this and just said like, the cameos are bigger stars than the actual lead cast in not just by a little bit like in a massive a long way, way. <laughs> a long way yeah and that's fun because it keeps the movie ticking along like you know vinnie jones pops up and then fred armiston pops up and then Dietrich bader oh that guy and then lucy lawless pops up and you get the bookends of matt damon at the start of the movie and matt damon at the end of the movie and it's just good it's just fun to look forward to, to these moments and Dietrich bader i think a past Winner of the Sparkplug Award from Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, don't think Vinnie Jones has made an appearance on the podcast before. And Matt Damon had some appearances in uh, Dogma, obviously, and then like Clerks 2. But uh, I'd like to award both of them, but there can be only one. So Yeah, be, yeah it's, it was a close one, but I think Matt Damon's yeah. got it comfortably in the end. But it was, was great because, yeah, these cameos just added weight at the right moments in this movie and just added to the hilariousness that was happening in the scenes. Like, you know, give me all your money. You got cash, you know, and he's like, take it all, you dirty girl. And and he's just so confused as to what's going on. So yeah, great. So great. Good. I think it's Matt Damon's award to take. As, as good as Vinnie Jones is, like, he's so yeah, good, but, but I think oh. he's got to go to Matt, which is a shame because Vinnie Jones is like every time he's there, He's so that's good. true. Yeah, Vinnie, Vinnie Jones, uh, you, you come in, you come in silver, but that's that's no disrespect because uh, you're committed to that role. You know, he played like professional soccer before as an actor. Yeah, I think Wimbledon was his club. That's maybe. very true. So, very yeah, true. I read, I read that IMDb page as well. Yeah, and what? Well, so I'm guessing it probably would have been quite difficult for him to give love to Manchester United. Yeah, because he hates Manchester United. Yeah. In real life, which is so good. I had to, I was watching it with Hannah and I had to explain like, she's like, why are these guys so angry? Mm. <laughs> I was like, well, people get very into their football. Yeah, those and- football firms they have through the UK and Europe are absolutely insane. Like, I don't know if you've ever watched Green Street Hooligans. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's like that, that personifies it. Don't watch the sequel ever, but the first one is phenomenal. And uh, really, really great movie, and, and it shows what these hooligans and these soccer fanat or football fanatics don't come at me, Vinnie Jones, <laughs> get up to. Yeah. All right. Is Euro Trip still a good movie? I'm gonna say yes. Just like a simple yeah. Like it's not better or worse probably than when it came out. Like I guess it's worse in the sense of uh, it's a bit more obvious with its you know exploitation or it's object i should i guess not exploitation but the objectification of Mm -hmm. the groups that we've mentioned already that stands out a bit more but if you're willing to or able to look past those and just enjoy it like hannah hadn't seen this movie and we watched it and she was planning to go to bed and she just ended up watching the whole movie good to see because she just thought getting a laugh every now and then so yeah yeah I'm, i'm with you like i think it's i think it holds up I think it's still enjoyable and still memorable. Yes, some of the things that are discussed and and thrown around as far as some of the jokes, they might not land the same way just because of the the topics and the the like negative connotations that some of the things that get get tossed around in this movie have and are, but overall it's funny. It's yeah, sub 90 minutes. It's just little zinger after little zinger there's no big wow huge moment but i found myself constantly chuckling from opening credits to to closing when i got yeah a bit more matt damon and and uh yeah miss Guzzi's coming out the wazoo you know there was uh, but also in in the movie like where they you get it in the end credit scene 
where you get the lady from Absolutely Fabulous talking about the Amsterdam yeah. hostel. There's no scene in the movie for that. You just get it in the end credits where she's like, you know, the the bad wiring, you can hide your things in your anus and everything will yes. be burnt, even the things <laughs> hidden in your anus, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, I don't remember this in the movie at all. And I went back and watched through that Amsterdam piece again and there's nothing in it. That's just a, a bit that ended up on yeah. the cutting room floor. There were some deleted scenes. I read that there was one that was considered a bit much where they went to Anne Frank's oh, I read house. about that too. Yeah, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and what they think, they thought it was like a, a club or a, what was it? Yeah, he thought sex, it was like a, a, a sex club. So instead yeah. of the club Vondersex, they were going to have Cooper actually end up in Anne Frank's house and think it was a sex room and he goes in and lies on Anne Frank's actual bed and then the like the last living descendant of Anne Frank was going to be on a tour and see him in the nutty on there. And then he was oh, going to cover himself with like an Anne Frank doll, like over his genitals. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, this is a bit too spicy. So they did the the club Wondersex scene instead, which I'm happy for because maybe that meant we, we wouldn't have got Lucy Lawless if they went with the Anne Frank piece. So uh, I'm happy for Madame Wondersex. Mm. So yeah, all in all, I guess the movie held up. It did. As good now as it was back then. Good movie. Go watch it. It's on Binge. It's on Amazon. Check it out. And of course, you can hit us with those ratings and reviews in podcast services of choice. It's a great way to help the show, keep the emotional lights on, as we say. And of course, you can hit us over at the Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash weare8bit. If you want to help a bit more than just the rating and review, you can actually pledge some money each month to helping us do what we do, get the bills paid, you know, if you want to get something out of it, there's plenty there, but there's also sweet merch. And we just got a fresh batch, didn't we? We did indeed. And they are looking and fitting fresh. And if you don't want to, for some reason, go through the uh, the shop 8bit.net hub, you can actually go to our Instagram at weare8bit and there is the shopping option there and you can buy merch directly from our Instagram page too, should you prefer to do that. Mm, there you go. Something for everyone, of course. And uh, Brendan will find you on the upcoming episode 250 of the hungry gamers and people listening to this will also be able to check the hoop dreams feed if they're basketball fans and will most likely have a hoop dreams podcast wrapping up the nba finals that have just taken place but if people want to catch you before then where can they find you on the socials you can find me on them socials everywhere at brendan 8-bit please do so send me send me your messages send me your thoughts on euro trip road trip and any other comedic based trip that I cannot remember right now. Maybe just the trip with uh, Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. But you can catch me on the socials at Johnny himself. Dear listeners, thank you for joining us again on Comedy Rewind. And until next episode, be kind. And Miscuzi. <laughs> you made out with your sister, man! <laughs>